0: Welcome to the Restoration Church weekly podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Could you give a huge welcome to our other, uh, the rest of Restoration Church who are joining us from Bethlehem, Plymouth, and Milton. Uh, so glad that we get to be together on this special Sunday, and we just watched a video of one of our Kingdom Builders projects that we've yet to accomplish for the year. And we want to—what uh, we're going to be doing is uh, helping to purchase one of these vehicles for a Christian nonprofit organization called World Serve, who is working at bringing clean water to um, to all parts of of the world, a, you know, any place that they have opportunity. One of the projects that they've just begun is drilling wells in uh, in the Navajo Nation here um, within our, inside of our Continental 48. And, and so a great organization accomplishing great and amazing things. And today, if you're here for the first time, we've mentioned Miracle Offering a couple times and... At the end of the message today, just for those of you who are even new to Restoration Church in the last year and you've never been here for a miracle offering Sunday, I want to just give you a little bit of an idea of what's coming so you're not surprised or or taken uh, or or even uncomfortable. You just relax knowing what's going to happen. At the end of the message today, we each grab an envelope and we place what God told us to give inside of the envelope. And we bring that to the front of every auditorium and we give together. Now, some of you have already given online. We'll have instruction for you at the end. Some of you, um, you know, let me say this. If, you're, if it's your very first time at Restoration Church today, you're like, oh, heck, what what do I done? Um, listen, I'll, I'll give you some instruction at the end. You don't have to feel uncomfortable or weird because it's your first time here. And if somehow you've missed us talking about this over the last... Um, uh, couple of weeks and so you're here today and you're like oh man we forgot we forgot to talk through this I would just encourage you right now as you're as you wherever you're sitting just begin to pray hey God what do you want me to give how do you want me to participate and then write some notes to your spouse if you're if you're married and begin to figure out hey is there something we want to do today or in the next week or so in order to do that now, if you're here, no matter everybody who's here, if you want to give, we welcome you to do so. And but we want to prepare ourselves. What we're doing, we don't call it miracle offering, just for um, just for the heck of it. You know, God does miracles through this, and 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 every year we see it, and we're able to uh, to be kingdom builders. So God does more through us than we ever. Um, I mean just every year we're just surprised and amazed at what God's done, and, and there's a corporate testimony for us as a church, but throughout that are sprinkled individual testimonies and God's stories of how people heard and took steps of faith and were obedient, and we just absolutely love that. Today, we're continuing a series that we first started in January of this year. And it's a series called Like Jesus. And what we've been doing this entire series and and our prayer for this entire year has been that we will be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And certainly, we've been saying about that this morning. Change us internally into being into your likeness, into becoming like you. We're not learning how to act. So this is what good Christian people do. This is how you should behave. It's not that we're asking God. Don't, we don't just want to externally fit in, and we've talked about that uh, just a, a few weeks ago in the Villain series. But we're asking internally that we're being like him, we're becoming like him. And almost our very DNA is being changed. We're not just changing how we dress or how we talk, or but within our heart and our mind, we're being changed. A scripture to, to, uh, to look at that's kind of been a theme for this series for this year is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says this, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see, and this is, he's referencing another part of scripture. Sometimes it seems like people just cannot see God. They cannot experience God. But for those of us who've, who've met him, like God took the veil off my eyes. All of a sudden now we see who he is. We see him in his goodness. We see him as Savior. We, we don't just see him as a historical figure, but we know him now as, our, as God, as God's Son, as our Savior. So we've had that veil removed. We can see that. And we reflect on the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image again you gotta you gotta connect here right because we're like i gotta do better i'm gonna come i'm I'm working hard i'm working real hard to but what is happening it's the holy spirit working within us he is making us more and more like him he is changing us if we allow him into his glorious image I had a conversation with uh, my youngest son this week, and I talked to him a little bit about it on the podcast, but as we were, you know, he had, he had, uh, he had gotten in trouble, and so now he was getting in trouble with me, and, uh, and so our conversation was, hey, who are you? Who are you? Are you someone who just loses your temper and gets angry, or is it possible that God's made you into something else? And I said, you've given your life to Jesus, right? Have you done that? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? He said, yeah. And I said, and you were water baptized? Yeah. And then you did that because you're following Jesus? Yes. All right, so here's, I got good news for you. Little Padawan. I've got good news for you. I, was, I didn't say that. Just trying to make you pay attention. I've got good news for you. The Holy Spirit who's in you, and this is the conversation I'm having in, in my backyard. The Holy Spirit that's in you is the same Holy Spirit that when Jesus was dead rose him out of the grave. He's very, very powerful. And if he can take a dead body and make it live eternally, then he can give you joy and kindness and self-control to highlight a few of the Holy Spirits that he he needs functioning in his life. The Holy Spirit can do that in you so bud, there's good news. If you let Jesus, if you follow Jesus, even when you're at school, even when your brothers are annoying you, that that can be what comes out of your life instead of anger and yelling and punishment. This is what we're praying. Holy Spirit, change us. Holy Spirit, change me. And if we let him, he will. He will. He'll change you and transform you so much that your entire family tree for generations will be changed. For generations. If you let him work in you. And if you, I just wonder if even right now, we'll pray that together. You can pray with your eyes open, pray with your eyes closed, but pray this with me. Holy Spirit, change me. Change me. Make me more like Jesus today. Just allow him. Take a deep breath. You're trying to fight him off in your life. Take a deep breath. Just let him take care of you. Let him work in you. Let him have access to your heart and your mind and your life. Our conversation today, and so maybe your walls are going to go immediately back up. But our conversation today is about generosity. We want to be generous like Jesus, like Jesus. We we, we, last week speak like Jesus. Uh, love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, some of the worship like Jesus, pray like Jesus, some of the things that we've talked about through the year and today is hey, be generous like Jesus and let kind of, you know, as we're functioning in this, we're not comparing ourselves to others, but we're looking at Jesus. So again, we're not not looking at anything like, well, I, you know, I'm more, my Bible's bigger than theirs, so I must be okay. I do more than them, so I must be kind of like Jesus. We're not comparing ourselves to anybody. We're taking scripture, we're standing in front of the Holy Spirit, and that's it. It's a one-on-one conversation. There's no one else here in the conversation, so we're not comparing ourselves to anybody else in the church or the world. But we're looking at Jesus, we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're saying, how do you want me to grow in this area, God? So first thing to look at. Well, today's kind of like a Bible study. So we're going to be jumping around for a bunch of different scriptures. So you've got to either get your, get your Bible lab ready or get your, get your sword drills ready to be going through that scripture. Um, but I want you to follow along. I want you to pay attention. I want you to highlight, make notes, and to really deep dive into this. Allow it to process into your life. Question first for us. Was Jesus generous? So I'm saying, hey, we want to be generous like Jesus. Well, am I just using Jesus to manipulate you? Am I using Jesus? Are we going to talk about Jesus in ways that he actually um, didn't function? Because I tell you what, that happens a lot. People do that all the time. Oh, you call yourself a Christian? A Christian wouldn't. I would fill in the dot blanks, whatever. I was trying to find something really stupid, but I couldn't a Christian, a Christian wouldn't cheer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You call yourself a Christian, so obviously that has nothing to do with Scripture or the Bible. But we put it all. People try to use Jesus to make us feel guilty, to shame us, to control us, to manipulate us. So we got, let's, if it's in Scripture, again, that's what we're. That's what we need to use. Not my words. Not uh, you. Not, not a denominations' ideas. We're using Scripture to help us. So does was he generous? Now, let's talk about a couple of things that you probably knew, uh, and if you didn't, know it now, and, and receive this now, but was he generous? Well, we, we have examples of this besides, um, uh, you, you know, we're not just talking because of this miracle offering, uh, being generous like Jesus encompasses our entire life, but Jesus generously forgives. First John, chapter one, verse number 19, be the first scripture we're looking at. The second scripture will be in the Gospel of John, which is another part of the Bible, so don't be confused when you're trying to find that. But First John, and it says this If we, who's we? That's us, all right? And that's humanity, it's anybody. If we confess our sins to him, he is what? He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or from all unrighteousness. Though so you think about that, that's pretty generous of Jesus because he could have said, hey, if we confess our sins, then Jesus is really going to take it into consideration. He's going to think about it. He's going to evaluate it. He's going to make sure you're ready for it. He's going to make sure you're not going to do it again. He's going to check your references. He's going to talk to your pastor, and he'll come to a just conclusion. Well, I tell you what, that's not generous. What is ge- generous is free, it's freely pouring out. So, what does he say? You've got, you got to recognize, because maybe we don't recognize this as generous. Because we've heard it our whole life. We're not paying attention to it. If we confess. So you know what he does? He says, hey, yeah, absolutely. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here. I forgive you. Hey, Jesus, I have really, really done some bad things. I can confess that to you. I mean, I've been, I've been sinning. We would think he'd respond like... Uh, like a mad parent, or he would respond like uh, um, a betrayed friend, or he would respond where, like, okay, prove it now. Prove it. Before I'm going to forgive you, I need you to prove it. How can you prove it to me that you're true about this? You're actually confessing it. But he doesn't do that. So every single one of us who are here, we can just let him forgive us. And it is his joy and privilege and mission to forgive you and to rescue you. We know also that Jesus generously gave his life, and that's in John chapter 10. And this is Jesus talking, because we recognize that Jesus was... um, he, he was, he was uh, illegally arrested. They had an illegal trial in the middle of the night to condemn him. And then they put pressure on, poli- on, on political figures to kill him. Like, the entire thing was shady, and, and it wasn't right. And we talk about the Roman soldiers who executed him, Pontius Pilate, who, who, sent, who gave him that sentence. And we're like, man, Jesus was murdered. I wish he was still alive. I wish he wasn't murdered. But Jesus tells us this ahead of time in John chapter 10, which again speaks to his generosity. He says this, no one can take my life from me. And he's not talking big like someone about to lose an MMA fight. All right, what he's telling us and what he's teaching us is, hey, I know I'm going to be dying soon. You just got to know that uh, this isn't happening without my consent. I'm God. And there, I have all authority in heaven and earth. I have all power in heaven and earth. We think about another part of scripture where we recognize Jesus could have called down thousands and thousands of angels and and rescued him from being hung on that cross. He had all authority in heaven and earth, all authority in, in this realm and the supernatural realm to stop that from happening. But he generously laid down his life. He says right here, I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, which he did three days after his death. For this is what my father has commanded me. Listen, that is generous. Sometimes I feel generous when I'm going down the highway and the other lane is supposed to be yielding to me, but I yield to them. And I think, I am really a godly man. Man, I didn't have to do that. Or, or sometimes like, you have the right of way and you're, you can turn right, but you let the other person go before you. <sighs> or at the grocery store, the lady has two things and I let her cut in front of me at the line. Man. I am generous too, just like Jesus. I am willingly laying down my life when it's convenient for me, for these other people. When it doesn't bother me too much, man, I am so much like Jesus, which actually is nothing like Jesus at all. He teaches us, love your enemies. And guess what? We're his enemies, or we were. And while we were still his enemies, he voluntarily sacrificed his life for you and for me this is unbelievable and again we're just thinking like oh he forgives us oh he gave his life for us he was absolutely unbelievably mind-blowing uh mind-blowingly generous I (laughs) <laughs> it's going to get worse than that we, I was at Revive Youth Conference With the teenagers this weekend I slept for two nights on a hotel room floor And uh, I wish I could have done, Last night was the worst night's sleep I had And I was in my own bed And so this morning I feel like I've got eyes on the side of my head And I'm having an out of body experience Because I'm so tired One time when I felt similarly like this I preached an entire sermon Talking about Elijah But I said Ezekiel the whole time and people were, like, so confused. And I like, kept switching Elijah and Ezekiel back and forth. And someone should have called 911. But they're just like, oh, maybe he'll die on stage. Wouldn't this be a fun little story for us? So that could happen it again. So back to G- e- Jesus, right? That's who we're talking about. Now, I want to share a passage of Scripture, all right? Where, because we think, okay, well, he you know, he forgave. Listen, you can forgive others. Forgive your spouse, forgive your kids, forgive your parents, forgive your neighbor, forgive your pastors. Be willing to forgive. Let the grudges go. That doesn't mean you let abuses in your life, and we could talk about that in a whole other sermon series, but you're free to let it go. You don't have to hold on to it anymore. Man, just be free from that. We can't give, you know, we can't, uh, me laying down my life Unless they're drowning, it's not going to save another person's eternity. But I can give my life to the cause of God, and you can as well. No matter no matter where you're working, you can use that skill and that gift for the glory of God, and just instead of just for your own benefit. But also, there's a couple places in the Scripture that I want to look at a little bit more in depth. If I've got time, I should, um, uh, and I do. So you're lucky. Um, There's. I want to look at one place specifically in Mark chapter eight, where Jesus generously fed other people, and uh, make just help us here to make some connections that maybe we've never made before. So Mark chapter eight is where we're going to be, and will I'll probably read a portion of this just to help you connect. There's two places in Scripture where Jesus fed multitudes of people. There was the feeding of the five thousand, and then what we're reading right now is the feeding of the four thousand. And that was a a reduced number. So we're estimating twenty thousand people at the feeding of five thousand. That was the crowd there, and about fifteen thousand people here at this feeding of four thousand. What they did is they would count, um, essentially count households or count men. Uh, to just help it make, help it go faster. You're trying to count, and people who count in our church get this. You're trying to count in the room, and you can't see all the little heads sitting there. You can't see some of the precious little women sitting there, and so in a crowd like this, would be like, count the heads. Uh, all right, I get 35 gray hairs and 15 bald spots, and here we go, it's 300 people here. So Jesus, a crowd's gathered, And they've been there for multiple days. They run out of food again. And Jesus calls his disciples, and he says this, I feel sorry for these people. They have been with me here for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. Uh, And just remark, Jesus, he has compassion on you. There are sometimes we're in need. There's sometimes we we lack. He recognizes that. He cares about that. And if you're hurting or you're hungry, you can be getting to ask God to help you. he, he, he wants to help you. He says, if I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. So his disciples replied, as they've replied before, how are you supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? And see, Jesus asked them, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. Now, a connection here. At the feeding of the 5,000, they borrowed a young boy's lunch to feed the crowd. The reason I picked this is because in this story, Jesus is using his own lunch. Alright? He's taking from the disciples' lunch. A miracle offering, he's taking from our lunch in order to accomplish and to feed people that whose whose names we don't know, whose stories we don't know. But in this instance, okay, he's taking his lunch, he's taking his disciples' lunch. They got seven breads to split amongst the 13 of them. And so Jesus, then, he tells everybody, "Okay, crowd, I need you to begin to sit. I need you to begin to spread out. I need you to begin to organize this." And he tells the disciples, "Hey, let's pray for this. God, thank you for this bread that you've given us. It was enough for us, but we're believing God. You're actually going to use it not just for us, but for your people. You're not just going to feed us with what we have here, but somehow miraculously, you're going to multiply this and do a miracle here in this crowd." So they, uh, they begin to distribute the bread. They found a few small fish along the way. And so Jesus blessed these also and had the disciples distribute, it, distribute them as well. So verse number eight, an amazing thing here, right? The generosity of Jesus. They ate as much as they wanted. That's pretty good. You get seven bread, seven loaves of bread, 16,000 people and everybody ate as much as they wanted. And then Jesus, after he feeds them, he sends them home. Hey, listen, he's generous here. The feeding of, of the 5,000, that, that was a Jewish crowd. Those were Jewish people. The, the, this feeding here of the 4,000 people, these are Gentiles, non-Jews. Again, showing his generosity that I'm not just going to take care of the people who are like me, who look like me, who... Who, who believe in my Father God, but know I am also going to bless those who are, who, are, who are disconnected from God, who are disconnected from the temple, then I'm here for everyone. And what we would begin to think, like, could you ever share your lunch? Are you willing to share with what you have for those who have less or those who have without? And this is part of Kingdom Builders. Because we tithe to, to uh, take care of our local church, but then we do kingdom builders that the, to, to say, hey, we're not just focused about what's happening here. We're not just taking about care of our own needs and making sure we have enough ministries for us and that we do enough that we're comfortable. Well, actually, sometimes we say, hey, we're gonna be a little bit uncomfortable because we want to help the kingdom of God around the world. And sometimes we would maybe look at Jesus, look at this story and say, hey, listen, I would be as generous as Jesus if I could take seven loaves of bread and and feed thousands and thousands of people. I'd give away my lunch every day. And so if I could do miracles like Jesus, if I could uh, make things supernaturally happen just like Jesus, I'd do it too. If I could do miracles, I'd give more of what I have. And you're right. You're right. You would but what you miss is that you do. You do. You have ability to function in the supernatural. You have ability to function in the miraculous. And the same God that fed the 4,000, the same God that says, hey, I'm going to lay my life down when I want to. I'm going to pick it back up when I want to. The same God that will allow my (laughs) nine-year-old to be nice. (laughs) Wants to use you. He wants to use you. So when he says, when you're praying all week and you're like, God, what can we give? What do you want us to give? I want to hear what what you want us to give. And he says, whatever he says to you, he says, $10. You're like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. You've got to recognize, Jesus, if we give you our seven loaves of bread here, what are we going to eat? (laughs) And to recognize, hey, anything I place in the hands of Jesus when he asked for it, I'm just going to stand back and watch. Oh, man, what is he going to do this time? I believe Jesus is so miraculous. If he wanted to, even 2,000 years ago. He could have made a Texas Roadhouse butter appear. Like, hey, guys, i got a treat for you here. Try some of this. What is this? We've been putting olive oil on everything. And we sit back and wonder, like, he is able to do whatever he wants. And so here's my 10, God. What are you going to do? Here's my 100, God. Here's my 1,000, God. Here's my 10,000. Here's my million. God, what are you going to do? You... And I, and as a church, we have the opportunity to step out of being the source and supply for our own lives and step into Jesus's supernatural supply. The math never, it never works out right when you're stepping into what God wants. It never works out. And we step into this idea, God is my source. So was he generous? Do you agree or disagree? Was he generous? I didn't hear any no's. Well, I'll agree he was generous. Now, let me, in the last moments here, before we move into the offering, let me challenge you here with this, all right? Some of you have known me my whole life. I started coming to church here when I was five years old. You've known me my whole life. So I gave an offering a lot more uh, for many more, uh, not many more yet, but I've, I've given an offering when I wasn't a paid staff member here, all right? And however you give today, my pay does not change, all right? That's been established out in miracle offering that not a cent of this comes toward me. And I'm giving, I've I've got my wife and I's gift right here, all right? But I need you to hear this, and I need you to grow from this. So I'm going to challenge you here for a second. This is, you've heard, I love hearing how Jesus is so generous. Wonderful, so good. Blessings. Here's my, I'm waving my hanky, Pastor. Wonderful. Clean the hanky next time before you start waving it. The... But it, now, the challenge here is, and understand this, when we meet Jesus, we become generous. A couple of quick stories here. One famous one, the Macedonian church. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians. It says this, now, dear, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into what? Rich generosity. (laughs) Like, be careful! Don't karate you off the TV in half. Rich generosity. For I can testify they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did of their own free will. Why were they moved to this? Because they met Jesus. Um, in Acts chapter nine, um, there's a lady. She has two different names. Either in your Bible, it'll say Tabitha, or it'll say Dorcas, or it'll say both. But in Acts chapter nine, she's passed away. And so it says here: there's a believer in Joppa named Tabitha. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. And so she ends up passing away and the apostle Peter goes to her house where she's dead. So she's, she's in her bed. They've, they, you know, they put blankets over her. They're praying their mourning as part of was their custom where she'll then go and be, um, and be placed in a, in a burial tomb. So Paul, as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping, but I love this part of it. Right? And they were showing him coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. I I don't know how old Dorcas was, or Tabitha was, but I've met some ladies just like her. And when... You know, maybe you think of a grandmother or an aunt who passed away and you've got the afghan they made and the paw holders they made and the Christmas ornaments they made and the sweaters they made. And you hold those things as as prized possessions and you realize at the time you thought maybe it was kind of annoying. Oh, another sweater. Oh, another purse. But now as you hold it, you recognize how generously they were giving to you. The hours that they put into that. The care that they put into it, the thoughtfulness that they put in it, this was the mark of her life. They're crying. Look what she made for us. Look at all the gifts she gave to us. And um, the amazing part of the story is Peter went in, he prayed for her, and so she got up. She was dead. They were crying, and she got up. Because who? Because of the power of our God. He's not just able to do an offering through you to allow you to give and to still pay your bills and to give and still eat, or to to take some bread and feed thousands of people. He's got power over death, hell, and the grave. And when you meet him and you recognize that stepping into generosity is not an obligation, it's part of the adventure. The last one is this in Zacchaeus. And uh, in Zacchaeus was a tax collector. We know from studying scripture that meant bad guy. He was a uh, these were Jewish people hired by the Roman people to oppress their own Jewish people. And so they would begin to tax people and take a little bit off the top for themselves. And Zacchaeus famously begins, he, he's trying to get sight of Jesus and Jesus out of the whole crowd of people. She calls him down. They have interaction together. They have a meal together. Jesus spends time with someone who everybody else hates. And in Luke uh, chapter 19 we read this special thing this is a bad guy and what do we read here Zacchaeus stood before Jesus and he said I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord can we stop right there for a second This guy, he's not tithing 10%, all right? He just said, okay, uh, Jesus, I just met you. I'd like to start tithing at the 50% mark. Is that cool with you? Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? You recognize what's going on here. So on his, you, you know, how many millions of dollars equivalent does this guy have? And he says, hey, Jesus, now that I met you, I'd like to just cut you a check here for the kingdom of God. Uh, 15 million, that's half of what I have as my first fruits offering to you, Lord. And then, but beyond that, right? Because maybe he's trying to buy Jesus. Maybe he's trying to manipulate Jesus as people try to do what they're giving sometimes. But he says, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Now you know his heart's been changed. I'm going to go do some investigative work, Jesus, to see where I've cheated, where I've done wrong, where... I haven't, we have been mistreated, people, and I know you've forgiven me, but you've been so generous in forgiving me, Jesus. You've been so generous in saving me, Jesus, that I just want to give generously back however I can. Church, today is a miracle offering, and we bring a financial gift. And we don't do that out of obligation, but we do that prayerfully. God, what is the gift that you want me to bring? We ask him that, and we give it, and, we, and this miracle offering goes toward kingdom builders. We give joyfully, cheerfully, obediently, and supernaturally. It is a special and beautiful thing. Our Kingdom Builders Giving goes towards global missions projects like the, uh, this water purification vehicle for WorldServe. It goes toward local church expansion projects and for raising up future Christian leaders. And the vehicle, the, the video that we showed was one of the projects that we've yet to accomplish this year. And it will be, the, obviously, the next one that, we, that, we're, uh, that we'll accomplish. And this is for world Serve. It is a Christian nonprofit doing things around the world, bringing clean water um, and using clean water as a gospel tool around the world. Could everybody at every location, could you grab your miracle offering envelope? And I want to give you some instructions here. First, um, I didn't talk about it today, but we talked about it last year. It says this 50 over 1 on here. This is uh, this is about New Hampshire. New Hampshire is the 50th state in the country for church attendance, and the number one is that we are the first in the country in fentanyl-related overdose deaths. And we know that there's one thing to both of those problems, and that's meeting Jesus. And so it's part of why we've got the silver home silver living home that we bought last year and we've been renovating throughout this year and and hopefully moving into the inspection phase here uh and opening very shortly but our hearts are not just right it is it, 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 it. we want people to meet him like we've met him and that's our motivation that's why we pick the projects we pick and we do the things that we do in a moment we're going to give and and what will happen at every location is um the uh there'll be leaders at the front of the room they're going to have an offering bucket and we what i love is for 100 percent participation in one form or another in this and i'll talk through that but in the dover church we will walk everybody will walk straight across the aisle to this aisle come to the front and then go back up that way we'll have to do that circle here in this room to allow everybody to otherwise uh, it'll just be a conjecture. You just start fighting each other and that's not going to be a very good witness. Um, and I, at the other locations, you'll do that as, uh, as directed in the room. But here's what I want you to do, all right? And here's how to, here's how you're going to be able to participate. If you gave online, I still want you to bring an envelope up front and just write on it, I gave online. If you are giving next week, you can write that like, hey, I I forgot, or whatever, you know, um, just write, I'm giving next week, or I'm giving online next week. If you cannot give at all, there's no pressure here, there's no embarrassment or shame in that. You know what I would love for you to do? I'd love for you to say, hey, I can't give this year, but I'm gonna start praying now that I'll have the opportunity to give next year. And if it's your very first time here today, then um, uh, still, I don't want you to just sit there and, and have everybody, you know, and just feel that, that, that awkwardness. Grab an envelope, come up, bring it up front. Begin to pray for our church. Begin to pray for these projects that we're, that we're doing and um, begin to pray, God, is there some way that you would have me to be a part of this in the future, to be a part of your kingdom, to be a kingdom builder and to make a difference in the world? Location pastors, will you... Take your place. And then uh, everybody at every location, will you stand to your feet? Everybody stand to your feet. Online, stand to your feet. We want to take a moment and pray. Jesus knew the miracle he was going to do, but he still prayed for the bread before before he gave it. Because it reminds us, right? This is not our doing. This is what God's doing through us. You hold up your, hold up an envelope. Everybody in every location, hold up an envelope and pray with me. Jesus, you've changed our life. Me meeting you, being forgiven by you, being chased by you, being delivered by you. It's changed everything for us. And as we give today, we've prayed and we've asked you, what is it that you want us to do? And, and what we're doing right now is we're taking that step of, of obedience. That you can ask us whatever you want and we're going to follow you. Jesus, as we give today, as we give online after service, as we uh, give online this week or bring in a gift next week, take these gifts, Lord God, and grow your kingdom around the world. We pray that every dollar given is going to be transferred into souls into the kingdom of God. And Jesus, I pray we would never grow weary in well-doing. We would never grow tired of doing what you ask us to do, but that you would anoint us and equip us and empower us. And Jesus, we thank you for the miracles of, that you're going to do with this offering. We thank you for the miracles that you've done for those to be able to give this offering. And we thank you for the miracles you're going to do for everybody who is, uh, who is uh, following you and, and doing the things you've spoken to them to do. And we pray this all.